SequelCast 2 is part of the Batman Podcast Network. For more information, go to batman-on-film.com. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Everybody across the land, here's a special from SequelCast. Though I don't know what it's gonna be about. Hello and welcome to Sequel Cast Special, a show about whatever I damn please, usually relating to movies or video games. Uh, I'm your host, Matt. With me is Thrasher. Hello, everybody. And Alex. Hey, hey. And we are talking about um, a special topic that I think it's on everyone's mind, every uh, movie fan that likes to see stuff in a theater. Uh, this is being recorded on uh, late April 2020, and there's still the COVID-19 uh plaguing the world and people self-isolating, working at home and all that stuff. And uh, because of that, movie theaters are being impacted uh, on a huge scale, both big chains and, and independent ones that were struggling to survive anyway. So I think we're going to talk, kind of uh, maybe predict what we think movie theaters might be in the future, uh, some fun movie theater experiences, and just uh, all about movie theaters, really. Like, I, I'm looking at uh, Box Office Mojo, which, uh, since they got bought out by IMDb, uh, is really... Um, gone into the shitter as far as what you can get for free. Um, however, but uh, <laughs> with the, this past weekend, April 17th to 19th, the domestic gross, domestic meaning US and Canada, uh, the top movie was Resistance. It was in one theater. Resistance is a movie, uh, looks like an art house movie, story of a group of Jewish Boy Scouts who worked with the French Resistance to save the lives of orphans oh. in World War II. Cool. Number one movie in the country. Guess the gross. How much? A few thousand uh, dollars. Yeah. Twenty two thousand dollars four hundred and nine two thousand four hundred and ninety dollars. Two thousand? Wow. Yes. Holy shit. Okay, right? So this is why this is a That's... good starting point for the conversation. It's actually tied That's at number crazy. one with something with the unfortunate name of Swallow. Uh, yeah. Hunter, a pregnant housewife, finds herself compelled to consume dangerous objects. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, actually. Um, Lots of compulsions some people have. Uh, it reminds me of some of those reality shows, like people addicted to eating cornstarch or eating stuffing from sofas. Yeah, my, my strange addiction, I think. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the third, yeah, only three movies. There's not even enough for a top ten, man. So, oh uh, yeah. but also the reporting, I think, is just being stopped. Period. Like the data yeah. they're getting is quite limited. So, I mean, in this world we're in now, or, or how can I start this? The way things in are these in interesting now, times. In these, in mm. thank you. In these interesting times, I'm always reminded of a uh, Middle Eastern curse. May you live in interesting times. But, uh, <laughs> it's uh, true now more than ever. But yeah, in these times, now the, a lot of these uh, movies are being, like James Bond was supposed to come out uh, already, and it, it got kicked to later in the year. People aren't show, sure when the stuff is going to 
end. I mean, it looks like COVID-19 is, is going to be something sort of like the flu where there's going to be a, uh, that's sort of my prediction anyway, where it'll be something you have to, you, you should get a, um, inoculation. Thank you. Inoculation. Uh, you should get a shot for every year, you know, uh, when that, but we'll just see what happens, but you know, it's killed a lot of people around the world and, uh, it's a, it's a tragic thing, but you know, we're here about movies. We're talking about movies. We love yeah. movies. We love movie theaters. And, uh, some of the like uh, some of these recent things, mainly cartoons. You have like Trolls or Emma, Trolls uh, Two World Tour or Emma, where you can watch it on uh, something like Apple TV or Amazon, rented for twenty dollars. Which so, is like, guess what you'd spend on a theater ticket and popcorn? Uh, I think I it's guess, less, right? really. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. You, that, that's what that's what I've heard from a lot of people. Like, if you have a if you have a family, since you don't have to worry about concessions, it is cheaper than what you would otherwise spend to take your whole family to the movies. And the TVs at home are getting better and cheaper all the time. Um, True. Yeah. Which I is, think um, even with the 4K screens, I mean, we got um, my TV broke when I was moving, so we got a 65 inch 4K for uh, under uh, $550. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I guess, like, what's interesting too, though, is that. You know, theatrical screenings, there's always, you know, been these ebb and flows of theater attendance with, you know, the arrival of television in the 50s. Yes. And, um, you know, with uh, the expansion of that in the 70s, studios were, you know, on the verge of collapsing um, pre-New Hollywood. Uh, Then you had, you know, home video was a big blow. And then the advent of streaming technology was another one. Um, And for a while, it seemed like... uh, the movie going experience of the movie theaters in general were kind of on life support almost for a little while with, um, you know, with so many people, uh, whether it was streaming media or piracy or what have you. Um, but this is such a different entity cause it's a worldwide pandemic. And I mean, what the hell do you do? Um, will, will people adjust to this as the new normal? I keep asking myself when I'm, yeah. whether it's putting on a face mask or wearing gloves when I go to the store or like, is this the new normal? How long will it be the normal for? Um, so it could be a dangerous thing in that maybe people will see, you know, direct to streaming movies as the new normal. And then say, you know, once this virus subsides to the point where they do reopen theaters, will they go? I guess is the question. I I think overall, I think movie theaters are going to survive with a couple of conditions. Mm-hmm. Um one of one of which I suspect your small independent mom and pop movie theaters, I think they're going to survive one because uh, thanks really? to some recent bills that were passed, they can qualify for some small business loans and grants to stay in operation. Uh, two, they have always operated on slim margins, uh, and three, most of their money comes from the concessions. Uh, comes from the concessions anyway, not necessarily the, the films themselves. So I think those are going to stick around even if they are in in reduced numbers. I'm sure there are going to be a, f- a, a few independent theater owners who are just going to bow out. Um, and the uh, art house theaters that operate on that same kind of level we're in a very similar position, but they often have patrons uh, anyway, uh, and and may very well stay open. Like I know, uh, I believe it's uh, my old the old independent theater back in my hometown, the Narrow. I think uh, they're able to stay open in part because they own a video rental store that is still getting uh, videos in the hands of people. But also, there there are people who sponsor that theater, uh, and I don't believe they are they are going away. Um, 
the larger the larger chains are also going to stick around one because there's a lot of infrastructure there there's a lot of money invested in it i don't think any of the large chain owners are going to let that fall away they're going to try to ride this out and bring those theaters back to prominence uh when this is over regardless of how long that takes also because a lot of those chains are in the end also owned by studios there's a lot of vertical integration in that area and i don't think the studios are going to let that slip because that's a big part of their distribution system uh and also related to that for some movies the theatrical run is just advertising for the home video and streaming release and i don't think they're going to want to get rid of that avenue for advertising definitely and um and uh, like you're saying with like rep houses and art houses and stuff like that like i might miss you know, uh, this or that in theaters, but like if a rep house is screening, you know, Kurosawa's dreams, I'm going to be there. I might miss mm. the new, what have you. I might miss the new bond movie. Not likely, but, but if I find out someone's playing touch of evil, I'll be there. You know what I mean? Like, so you, like you said, even though they operate on slim margins, it's concessions. And again, the faith of movie nerds such as ourselves that will, will keep them alive. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky here in Portland, Oregon, we have a lot of independent movie theaters, and I, I don't go to them nearly as much as I should. One that I, I went to uh, quite a lot when I first moved here in 2006 at the Laurelhurst. Um, as a midnight movie for a solid year, they played Jackass 2. <laughs> <laughs> as it just got, got the numbers, and every right. week, they would at least one thing as an older film that they. I, I watched a screening of, um, I believe, the original version of Hitchcock's 39 Steps. Oh, very cool. There was maybe 20 people in the audience. We were the youngest people by over 30 years. But you could get, uh, I think, sort of um, the smaller theater is something that will help them is have more of a premium experience. And you're even seeing this in the big chains where you can get beer and wine. And, and um, we have some theaters here where, you know, it might only have play four movies. But when you go inside, it's like a big living room with a few couches. And you can order meals. You can order bottles mm-hmm. of champagne. There's a sommelier. Um, it's yeah. more expensive, right? But it's more of an event more of a right and uh yeah they were doing that here it's funny because in massachusetts and berkshire county like in my lifetime i don't think i've ever been in like a full theater um Hmm. i've been to like more like a like a packed theater like you said would be like for me would be like 20 people that would be like a oh really friday night yeah um i mean there are like uh there are certain examples like you know like when a new harry potter movie would drop you know then that place would be close to packed but even then you know, you're not going to really get turned away at the, at the marquee. Um, so yeah, it's, it's funny regional thing. Like there's not a lot of art houses or, 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 um, rep houses out here. There's one in Hudson, I believe, and they do some pretty fun stuff, but again, they probably, I think like have three screens or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned things like trolls to, you can rent it for $20. We, we did that with Emma, um, the, the new latest version of that. I've said so many different movies, but anyhow. Yeah. Um, and for $20, you can watch it as many times as you want over a 48-hour period, which is the same as a, as a digital rental that typically costs $5.99, I think is what right. Apple, Apple charges, or maybe $2.99 for the older stuff, um, the classic movies or the vintage, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think, but, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, go on. I also like that they give you a 48, 24 hour time span because while I do like it, I also kind of don't like it because I feel like the commitment of watching the movie is kind of part of it. 
like if you're at a theater and you had to go to the bathroom or something, then like, like it or not, you're going to miss two and a half minutes of the movie, you know? Um, right. I mean, that, I've had my bladder nearly explode watching hmm. uh, Gladiator or something. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I almost died. I felt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, let's. I mean, so I, with things like you're renting for that amount of money, uh, but uh, a recent movie did something that quite different um there's a, a scooby-doo picture let me look up the name of it there's a scooby-doo cartoon oh yes right. i believe it's just called scoob or scooby scooby-doo movie 2020 which i'll admit i have been looking forward to it is just called scoob oh the graphics look, look a bit like pup named scooby-doo for some reason maybe it's just the trailer shows them when they're younger for a well, minute the um, trailer does show them when they're younger they're at okay. their proper age for the bulk of the movie Got it. Yeah, directed by Tony Cervone and music by Junkie XL, who's been getting around a lot these days doing mm-hmm. music for the Batman uh, versus Superman and stuff. But um, yeah, Scoob. So this is supposed to be in theaters and, and the way how things have been with its digital premiere. You can say I can rent it for nineteen ninety nine, or I can purchase it digitally for twenty four ninety nine. Like I think that's more of what the future is. And, right. And to get the theater. Uh, exhibitors with the studios to that genie's been let out of the bottle now they've been wanting to do to shorten that window mm-hmm. from theater to home video um home video now you know we've already had the the standard of stuff is on digital as a purchase now first before yeah. it comes on blu-ray um i believe like universal and, and paramount or something consolidated their uh disc releases or, or something because mm. the disc sales are not what they used to be or they're going through the same just dis- right so i mean it's really a niche market I, I hate to say this but it's a niche market physical media nowadays um because i don't do it i don't do it for video games i don't do it for music but i still do it for the movies i care about yeah and i can't i can't really explain that i don't have a good answer as to why i honestly yeah. i think it's love of cinema yeah yeah, and yeah also, it's that simple you're right you know like i the big thing for me is that i probably own i don't know like maybe thousands of movies of DVDs, Blu-rays, Laserdisc tapes, whatever. Um, and I probably own, I'd say like three movies digitally just because they, these are movies that didn't have physical media releases. And it's just the, the difference is just holding it in your hand. Like if you might have a, someone might have a, uh, this digital library, that's wonderful and amazing. But if your Wi-Fi goes out, you're shit out of luck. Uh, I don't want to take that. I can't take that gamble. Like, and not only that, the studios can give and take the movies on the services as they please with no notice. Stuff is often censored, as we were talking about on the, the Lilo and Stitch episode. Yeah, and it's it's endlessly frustrating, you know, that... Disney Plus clip about Splash, did you ever talk about that? Where, where there's a scene a, a scene in Splash where Daryl Hannah, is, is she's like the mermaid or whatever that becomes human. I even, I've never seen the movie, believe it or not. Oh, it's charming. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. a mermaid that grows legs. Is it? Okay, just like, okay. And uh, and she runs into the water, right? You can see a bit of her ass. Uh, so with the, the Disney Plus version, they use CG to lengthen her hair, and it almost looks like Wookiee fur. <laughs> That's crazy. They, yeah, see, Van like, um, who directed that? I want to say Rob Reiner. Rob, Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner, yeah. If I was Rob Reiner and I heard about that, I would be jumping mad. I'd be pissed that, can I mean. Me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, I can hear you. Your volume just sounds really, uh, really down. Oh, and I want to issue a correction. Splash was not directed uh, by Rob Reiner. It was directed Ron by Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Oh, one of the Rons. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, if I was the director of that movie, I would be pissed off. That's stupid. I mean, just that there's a few seconds of butt. It seems pretty harmless. Um, it's not vulgar or, or you know, yeah. slanderous or anything. Um, yeah, and like you said, that things can get pulled. Um, you know, I'll be halfway through a series or something, and then, you know, Netflix doesn't play The Shield anymore or something like that. And that's frustrating. So... Uh, Matt, I want to talk about that price point you mentioned of like twenty four dollars uh, to to purchase it. Um, yeah, uh, and that is more than what I would pay for most DVDs, unless it was something that I already loved or it was loaded with real solid special features. And I think I think that <laughs> is that 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 could lead to some problems down the road, especially if the physical media version is something I can order online or through a store and it has a lower price point. I'm just going to wait for the physical media. I prefer right. to have that anyway. I'm trying to think that the most I ever paid for a physical media release was when I was really into anime and uh, that stuff was really expensive Good. At, at the time. Yeah. And for a Cowboy Bebop box set, I paid $200 Yeah, just for one season of a show. Yeah, really liked on standard definition DVD. Wow, it was not. Uh, to compare that to prices, uh, uh, for, maybe four years ago I was at a Best Buy, and they had it was Father's Day sale. They had Cowboy Bebop on Blu-ray. I should have picked it up. I'm still kicking myself for not picking it up. Thirty bucks. Yeah, of course. Whole series, right? Yeah, um, it's like um, you know, I think I in a series of like three weeks, I bought, you know, um, die hard, die harder and die hard with a vengeance on VHS. And it was like a 15 bucks a whack. Yes. And yeah. that it was a deal at the time, you know what I mean? Cause videotapes used to be like $25. Um, and then now it's like probably five bucks. You can get the Blu-ray set of every, you know, die hard movie ever made, whether or not you want any of them after three is another conversation, but, um, well, when now that Disney owns Fox, uh, it's, uh, I'm I'm gonna do this actually when I can spend more money soon. But uh, yeah, it's advisable to pick up a lot of Fox movies on physical because Disney uh, loves the Disney Vault. Oh jeez, yeah, that's right? right. And some of that stuff's going. <laughs> oh no. Print. Um, although although Die Hard, they have repackaged that so many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we have yet to cover a Die Hard movie on this show. We did the old movies, but we never covered Die Hard Five. Oh okay. Oh, that's true. That came out after, uh, or that came out during the interbellum, I think. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Or maybe I might have mentioned that I saw it like in a Whatcha Watching or something. But yeah, it's, I like it more than Die Hard 4, but that's not saying very much. Right. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, that, that $24.99 price point, you're right, I think is a bit steep. And we're, But I I think that is a genius move by um, the production company. God damn it. By Warner Brothers. Yeah, um, and it'll it'll work. I, so, absolutely, it'll work because yeah. stories of people, their kids. You know, I in my house, I've spent sixty dollars these past two weeks for Trolls Two because my kid sees it on the TV, and because they're used to Netflix, they think they can watch it all the time, over and over, right? Over. And over. Where's my Trolls? Right, and you know, kids, they can watch something countless times. I mean, you know, so yeah. If it's it's like um it's like we have when video stores were around um you could either rent something for three and a half four bucks or you could buy the used tape of it for five and a half six bucks you know what I mean so it was like oh I'm probably gonna watch it more than once so fuck it you know I'll pony up the extra few dollars um so but when you're spending more than ten fifteen twenty dollars like twenty five 
five extra dollars to keep it. You know, why not, right? So let's let's talk about some some other moves t- studios are doing. So there's still there's still a lot of huge tentpole releases uh, that a lot of them, at least for the moment, do not look like they're going to show up on streaming for f- or for sale online. A lot of big releases are being pushed back. Some to specific dates that are estimated to be post pandemic, and some indefinitely. Like uh like uh, like what Wonder Woman I know is one of the movies that's being released. But you know what I found peculiar, and this goes back to the, to the Warner Brothers side. So Warner Brothers is delaying Wonder Woman because it wants it to be a big box office success. Mm-hmm. But they are accelerating the release date for uh, the uh, the Nathan Drake movie, Uncharted. Uh, yeah, Uncharted. The, yeah, un, the ah, Uncharted movie, which tells me they have absolutely no faith in that movie. Wow. And it has had a real troubled production, if you've been following. Yeah, at one point it was going to have Marky Mark in the lead, and uh, De Niro was going to be the mentor character. Um, uh, I think now they're maybe talking about Marky Mark being the mentor character, because it's been so long since they... Yeah, uh, yeah I'm uh, not even sure if it's being filmed, so I don't know how... No, 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 it hasn't been filmed yet. But they have the, the, the Tom Holland, the new Spider-Man, is uh, supposed to be... They're, they're really youthifying the character, when in the game... Uh, and, and those Uncharted games, I think, are, are pretty fun, pretty realistic graphics for an action uh, game. He he looks like a man in his, uh, I would say, thir- early 30s. Mm. Well, isn't he supposed to be a grizzled veteran of the First World War? Uncharted? No. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I I thought it was set in the past. Is it set in the present? Yes. Oh, my, I've never played one of those games. So I oh, don't okay. Care. Yeah, it's got uh, a 2021 release date, allegedly. Who knows? Yeah, no, they just... They I'm, moved I'm, it up recently, he's right. Yeah, I'm looking at Collider right now. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like... Uh, well, one, it sounds like a trouble production, but yeah, it also sounds like they are trying to really... They don't have a lot of faith in it, um, which is too bad. Uh, it's 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 fascinating because, um, you know, streaming or, or what have you, um, with a $25 price point... So, like, with home video and Blu-ray, DVD and whatnot, there's, like, you know, I'll I'll spend, like, $10, $12 on a new copy of Uncut Gems because it's a studio release yeah. and what have you. Um, but then there's, like, you know, boutique stuff like Criterion, Kino, Arrow, um, where you get the cool illustrations and the essay and the bonus features. I'll pay $20, $25, $30 for one of those, no problem. Um, I probably... I would have a hard time uh, coughing up 25 bucks for a movie that's just going to be a digital purchase. Um, that's just me, but um, I mean, then again, if it's like a beloved franchise or, or, or something that I'm yearning to see, you know, if it's that or nothing, I'll I'll pay for it. But if I know there's going to be an imminent release, I will probably wait for that. A few years ago, we were out to brunch with some friends. Um... You know, some of my wife's friends, and uh, one of them was a bit, yeah, a little bit younger. And uh, I, I brought up, you know, the release. Like, oh, they came out with this in DVD. And then this uh, uh, lady said, like, physical media, ooh, ew. And I almost, <laughs> I had to, I was like almost physically shaking. It really sort of hit a nerve. But it, it, it yeah. is the reality. And um, it's bizarre it, when. It, and there is, I don't, a fascination with younger people and blockbuster video. There's a real thing going on. And that's. Captain Marvel, I think, was part of that. But oh. again, I need to visit it, but it's the last standing blockbuster video in the contiguous United States. Wow. It's a few-hour drive from where I am, but 
uh, the huh. Colbert Report um, saw that Russell Crowe was going through a divorce and selling a lot of his movie props. And so the Colbert oh. Report bought them all and then shipped them to this blockbuster video in Oregon. <laughs> oh, no like, way. Them. Yeah, yeah. That is too cool. <laughs> like the, the tunic from Gladiator and... Uh, uh, I, I can't think of whatever other movie. That's wild. Can. I'll need to check that out, but that, that's kind of crazy. But uh, I would love it if this blockbuster just like became this like mausoleum of like like a like a museum of of physical media while maintaining the business model of renting movies to people. <laughs> but it was true with physical media when when that was a thing. You would you know be dating someone, going to their house. And you kind of check out their shelf, right? Oh, and definitely. That was like the first thing you did. Yeah. The, the or, books, or maybe their, their bookshelf, or yeah, uh, books. I don't really buy physically anymore unless it's something I use for for reference or something that has a lot. of... Yeah, exactly. Um, or if there's a visual component. Um, uh, art book, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, that was like the first thing you do is scan through their collection, whether it's CDs or movies, yeah, or, they go to the back or both. <laughs> yeah, no one has CDs anymore. I mean, shit, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it was always just kind of like, oh, so you have this. Or, oh, like. you can see my CD rack right there. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Even if you're listening to this, you can see yeah. the CD rack where I'm pointing. It's glowing. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's funny. Like even you know people I like respect when um whenever I visit my folks, there's a record store there, which is largely responsible for making me cool. And um, you know, we go there and we'll just kind of just unload you know it's like it's okay to splurge and um people are like oh what are you doing you know what'd you get and i'm like oh blu-rays dvds and they're like what like you can still buy those they're like aghast and it just well, kind of you, you go just go to a walmart um or a best buy and see how oh. small the dvd and blu-ray section is nowadays oh yeah it's minuscule um and it's mostly like very recent releases yeah like, and it's nothing nothing older than two years old or, or if it's not, it's like a cheap box set of all seven Ron Turn movies. Right. <laughs> okay, so our our nearest Walmart, so you mentioned that, strangely enough, they have had one copy of the third version of StarCraft II, the, uh, the Protoss version. They've had that on their shelves since release. As of before this... They have a star- game section, really? They, really? Yeah, they still maintain. It's I, small. It gets smaller every every year, <laughs> but it still has that one copy of StarCraft too. Uh, I am very tempted to if it's still there after the pandemic. I'm very tempted to pick it up. It's always funny to like see what they think. Like they always like have one feature more prominently, and it's always funny to see which movie distributors are banking on. You know, sometimes it's like Coco with like the cardboard, you know, setups and everything, or um. More often than not, they really miss the mark, and you know they'll be like, you know, Mamma Mia Two. They have like the monitors playing the trailer on repeat and stuff like that. Oh yeah, or by at Target, what they have when you check out. Yeah, Uh, but a date. But for recently, um, for Stranger Things and some movies like that, they have mock VHS boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the one for Slapshot of all movies, which. if uh, you're a hockey house, which I grew up in, that's a big um, deal. <laughs> yeah, that was filmed in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, and it had a direct-to-video sequel with mm-hmm. one of the Baldwin. Adam the Baldwin, Baldwin, yeah. Maybe Steve Baldwin. Can't... Yeah, I want to say Stephen Baldwin, yeah. In the Baldwin hierarchy. Um, but yeah, there's... It's strange what's going on um, 
not just the the COVID thing, but just the relationship with home video and streaming all around. I mean, there'll be times where I'll see like, you know, uh, Goodfellas is on Netflix and I'll pick the Blu-ray of Goodfellas up off my shelf and put it in if I want to watch it. Because I know mm. there's a trust there and that I know I can see this movie in its entirety and it won't. Well, the picture and sound quality is better. Exactly. And it won't glitch out. Or... All the time, right. Um, exactly. So, I mean, Thrasher, I don't, I think that this is a good question. Uh, when is the last time you've been to a movie theater? The last time, the last time I, I was uh, at a movie theater, uh, wow, and I and I talked about this on a previous episode, that would have been when my wife and I went and treated ourselves to uh, Jumanji, uh, the second of the new Jumanji movies, and that, that would have been, that I guess that would have been a, a week or two before all this started. Oh, okay, so pretty recently. I mean, re- I mean, if by recently you mean months, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like like when I mean before this started, I mean like before this started, like b- b- before before the 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 virus started rearing uh, rearing its uh, knobbly head. <laughs> um, oof, yeah, I'm gonna embarrass myself with this one. Um, last movie I saw in the theater, ooh, I want to say it's probably actually Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I have a job that leaves me with no life. <laughs> so I don't get out of the movies a lot, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it was either that or Midsommar, whichever one came out later. Uh, that was the last one. Yeah, I'm in between you two. It was uh, Christmas time, uh, a movie I didn't like especially, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay, yeah. It's kind yeah, of I nice that, right? I don't say I hate it, but um, <laughs> it's... And... Uh, and the reason why it's been that long is we moved into a new house on uh, January 2nd of this year and mm. so much money and time and energy moving and we've been busy with new jobs and all these things. We yeah. Had the time well, to, uh, to go out, but we do have with the closest movie theater, they have some movie club thing that costs like $8 a month. You get like a free ticket and you get a discount on concessions and it's cool. Like, sort of yeah, pays for itself. Cool, yeah. so, but it's a chain. It's not, it's not, um, something yeah it's not, not a smaller theater unfortunately um well the thing too is that like i region's got a lot to do with it because we don't think we don't think to go out to the movies a lot out here because i think in um northern berkshire county where i live there's two theaters one's like a regal chain thing and then the other one's like uh i want to say independent um and the thing they have you know they have a very limited amount of screens and they really only play like the slam dunk hits that are going to attract people like despicable me too or something like that um and just you don't have a lot of interesting stuff playing and you know the it's it costs a lot and you have to drive really far not that far actually but it just doesn't come up a lot because there's nothing that interesting playing and then with the um accelerated um home video releases now you know a lot of things will just end up catching on on home video um if there was more interesting content playing we'd go see it but but it doesn't happen much out here hey why wasn't the third despicable (laughs) me movie called despicable three yeah that's like a no-brainer right like it writes itself yeah come on people (laughs) i think that's something they did more in the early 2000s um in the aughts maybe oh yeah so something something that I, I don't know if this is, this has happened to you. So, you know, if, if you've got paid streaming services, 
Um, depending on how much video you're watching in a day, you may very well be exhausting the supply of content that you actually want to watch, uh, forcing you to go farther afield. Maybe you're watching lackluster choices. Some, something that I've noticed, like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more actively going back and watching old stuff that I know I already like. Yeah, definitely. A lot of rewatches in this uh, quarantine time. Um, like we, we we did the great uh, Godfather trilogy a few weeks ago because it's like, hey, why not? Rainy day stuck inside. It's perfect. <laughs> I do wonder when a couple is coming out with that new cut of Godfather 3. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, he's recutting a lot of his stuff with the, the Apocalypse Now release and um, the Cotton Club Encore now, which I just watched like a couple days ago. And it's pretty fascinating watch how is that it's great um it's got a beautiful look um it's technically it's incredible uh solid cast it does kind of feel like that coppola like deep down wanted to make another musical though because there's just there's a lot of dancing there's a lot of jazz there's a lot of tap dancing um and uh it almost feels subordinate it almost feels like the gangster stuff subordinate to that at times um but it's still a great watch i would definitely recommend it and uh, Bob Hoskins is kind of in an earlier role. Yeah. As, um, he's, he's, there's a good scene with a watch in Bob Hoskins, if I remember. Yes. yes. So there's um, Bob Hoskins and uh, James Remar plays um, Dutch Schultz, the famous gangster. And he's Richard pretty phenomenal. Here's a bit of a snooze in that, I thought. Yeah. He's kind of doing his use thing, you know. Um, and you get a young Nicolas Cage, too, which is fun. And Lawrence oh, Fishburne. Yeah. And a uh, great cast, actually, more I think about it. Um, yeah. Cotton Club Encore. Gregory Hines, right? Yeah, a lot of Gregory Hines. Very uh, good dancer. Yes, dance. he's terrific. Uh, James Remar is great. He's a very underutilized actor, um, I feel, of these days. I don't know if he's still around. Um, yeah. But yeah, Richard Gere is kind of in that. Um, and Richard Gere can kind of be like that. You don't know what you're going to get with him. Um, it's so. I mean, thinking more of the the movie theater stuff. Yeah, I do wonder. Yeah, I mean, is it going to take people time to adjust to being and you're paying money to go into a room close to so many people, or is stuff just going right. to be the same like it was before? In, in yeah. fact, people may even overdo it, right? Right. I'm, you know, I'm wondering if it'll be like, you know, 10 people per screening or something like that. And if that's the case, would it be in the interest of the theater owners to keep it going? You know, if, uh, if your um, if your cost ratio to, to attendance is, you know, if you need to say, say you need to have a minimum of like, I don't know, 15 people per screening to turn a profit, would it be worth it to open to a limited capacity in lieu of uh, social distancing? Right. You know, I, I can totally see that being a factor. Like, what once once isolation is no longer necessary, I could totally see. Oh, hey, who wants to chip? Who wants to like chip in like a dollar, and we'll just rent this movie and just come over, hang out, have snacks, and we'll watch it until until our rental period runs out. Like, I could not not only could I see like you know, <clears throat> not not only I could see like you know, twenty people each chipping at a dollar and watching a twenty dollar uh, online rental movie. Right. I could also I could also see booking it like, hey, you ten people come over this hour, then you ten people come over this hour. We're just gonna yeah. have the movie on a loop. You exactly. could make money 
charge could, actually. people like just a dollar to show up and watch this, right. this blockbuster on your big screen. It could be fun to do to like, you know, I'm sure ethically you shouldn't. And there's probably something in the terms of service that says you can't, but I, who's going to know? There is FBI, the FBI on. warning. In fact, that's why it's on there. Um, well, part of the reason. Drugs? I no, the FBI warning it, okay. part of it's about like, don't reproduce this in any form. But the other thing is like, if you should, if, if you want to show a movie to a group of people, you need to contact the studio and you basically pay more money for the same movie. <laughs> yeah. To there's, get the uh, license. I, I think it's like I forget how many people it's like more than X amount of people you have to do that but uh, I mean that's violated by schools all the time by substitute teachers but oh, anyhow but, but, think, but educations have a, a loophole sometimes. yeah yep. yeah yep I, mean, um, I saw the like on Frederick Wiseman the documentary and I'm big fan of so I buy a lot of DVDs directly from from the Zipporah films website and you'll see there's two price points. There's a DVD price, which is like 20 bucks or something like that. And then underneath it, it's got the like distribution costs. And that's usually like a hundred, couple hundred dollars. But I think you actually, he'll send you like the reels of the movie, you know, to actually screen, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the thing with the theaters is that, um, yeah, well, the, the social distancing, you know, affect that in attendance rates and also... Um, I mean, who knows when, you know, it's still, we're still kind of on an open timeline with this. We are Massachusetts anyhow. Um, so who really knows? It's, uh, it's an interesting quandary. And, uh, I will say though, I am one person who kind of regularly defends the small screen sometimes because, um, like sometimes I'll like watch a movie just on my laptop. Like if it's a foreign language film. And like, you know, if you watch that on your television, you're not going to turn away because they're so consistently reading subtitles. So sometimes I'll just watch like a Japanese movie on my laptop. And it's just, you know, be sitting on my lap or chest or wherever I'm laying down. It's a very intimate viewing experience. It's very direct. Um, I find I, I catch a lot of details and, uh, you know, aspects of the framing devices that I wouldn't have noticed had I been maybe watching it on the television or not. Um so I, I sometimes do defend the small screen experience, but, you know, don't watch a movie on your phone. <laughs> David, there's that famous clip on YouTube of David Lynch screaming oh. about, like, you don't want, I didn't make a movie for you to watch it on a fucking phone. I love David Lynch's isms. Um, there's that great scene in, um, I think it's real to real or side by side. It's all about, like, digital cinematography. Side by side. Yeah. Side by side, yeah, and... It's Keanu Reeves narrating and hosting it, basically. And he's, uh, Keanu Reeves is like, you know, with the recent advent of digital cinematography, could this mean the end of film? And David Lynch with a cigarette's like, you know, Keanu, I just don't know. <laughs> like, it's a surreal scene. I love it. <laughs> Always smoking that, man. Yes. Um, let's see. So I think we've covered this topic pretty well. I'm trying to think. What's the best, why don't we end on this note, since everyone's watching movies from home nowadays, what's the most impressive home theater setup you've ever seen in someone's house, in real life? Not, not pictures or whatever, but you, you go to someone's house, you see their setup, maybe you watch a movie over there, and you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty slick. Hmm. This is not going to sound that impressive, because this, this predates okay. flat screen TVs. But All right. in, uh, <laughs> in 
97 or 98, I think it was, uh, uh, my best friend Mark had gotten his driver's license. Uh, his parents were divorced and his dad lived in uh, Minnesota. And his dad had got a new car and decided instead of just selling off the old car, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to my kid. So we both flew to Minnesota. We hung out uh, with his dad's side of the family for a few days, and then we did a road trip back to Norfolk, Virginia. And it was it was really fun. But uh, his dad, his dad's place, he had uh, he had a basement uh, with a big screen, mind you. This is like a '90s version of a big screen, so probably not all that impressive. But it was just this nice wood panel room there were these shelves with vhs tapes on one side and books on the other and this real big real comfortable couch and like footrest there was like multiple footrests everybody could put their feet up if yeah. they wanted to and and the and there was dimmers on the lighting uh and it was just so pleasant and then jaws came on hbo and <laughs> me my friend mark and his dad and I think like Mark's step younger stepbrother, we just hung out in the basement and watched Jaws and chatted about the movie all night. And it was it was just the perfect environment for a communal home movie watching experience. And uh, I have it is something I've always tried to cre to recreate, but I have never been able to. Just everything in that environment was mm. just right, yeah. even if the tech wasn't all that impressive. What was the speaker setup? Was it sound from the TV or they had? Uh, you know, there were external speakers there. Okay. I don't know if they were wired to the TV or if that was for his CD player. Mm -hmm. Although the sound sounded really good. So he may have had stereo output through those speakers. Good. Uh, Alex. Um, scanning my memory, it was one of those of the best ones in plain sight scenarios. And it would be my um, aunt and uncle who used to live were literally our next door neighbors growing up. And um, my uncle by marriage, um, Gary was an engineer, an electric engineer. So this guy was like a tech whiz. If you needed advice on like what kind of headphones to get, what kind of CD player to get, um, whatever you went to him first. And if he said, get the so-and-so, so-and-so you got it. Um, so his setup basically was, uh, you know, a large flat screen television and two Bose towers for a sound setup. And, um, you know, pretty, you know, cutting edge at the time, you know, DVD, v VHS setup. And, um, yeah, so, like, after, you know, like, the Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or something, we'd usually watch a movie. And me, at that point, was, like, the movie guy. So I'd bring over, like, four or five things to watch, and we'd watch them because they were pretty – our tastes aligned up pretty well. So um, the one I remember most distinctly, I think, was actually Robert Altman's M.A.S.H. Mm -hmm. Which was uh, which was a fun movie to watch after a lot of turkey and wine and beer and scotch. <laughs> not and, very uh, cinematic, but no, not not a, a killer sound mix, but right. Still, <laughs> it has sort of talking. you know, Thrasher was saying, it's all, a lot of times the the circumstances in which you watch something, the environment, whether it maybe not technically maybe the best, but you're watching right. it with family and friends or something, adds to it. The, the one that impressed me the most, this was. Again, yeah, before high-definition televisions, um, my, how do you say former stepmom? Do you just say former stepmom or ex-stepmom? Uh, I think former yeah. is former, probably Because yeah. ex, because it's not my, yeah, okay, so my yeah. former stepmom had, uh, my former stepmom's sister had 
married a wealthy guy and they had a lot of very wealthy friends in uh, southern Los Angeles. Um, and we went to this guy's house up in the hills uh, and um, in his basement was his, I guess you call it a man cave now, right? But it was a... I wouldn't. Okay, some people I hate that name. Me too. You, I, I, I hate the one for women even more. She, I heard she-den. Uh, man yeah, cave, she-den, she... It's a response to... It's like a dumb response to a dumb term. <laughs> yeah. Um, rec room. Let's bring that back. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Rumpus room. Rumpus room. What What's the name you like, Thrasher, for that? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of fond of just the, I'm kind of fond of just like the, the old timey term den. Although yeah. that, that yeah. being said, I, I have a certain fondness for media room. That sounds pleasingly technical to my ear. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Let's go to the media room. Uh, yes. yeah. So, so, so this guy in his basement, this guy was obsessed with Wizard of Oz. He had a life size oh. uh, replica of the Tin Woodsman and the Cowardly Lion on either side of a, uh, functioning popcorn machine that's pretty awesome and he had a projector and he had two really expensive sofas kind of uh, slanted with the rising floor like you'd see in a theater and he had a projector and he had these expensive ass speakers i mean i'm sure the whole setup was at least 10 grand but it was a standard definition and this is again before high def but a standard definition dvd playing on a projector where the video was just plugged in. It might have been as video. It might have been as yeah. good as it was back in those days. Um, and we watched... He had a Roy Orbison concert. Nice. Play. Uh-huh. And the music was good to test out the speakers and uh, to see it that big. I flirted with getting a projector over the years, but I just don't have a, don't have a setup for it. And yeah, they're very the expensive. Space. And when the lights burn out, like to replace the bulbs is a it's, lot. Yeah. Funny. I've got an old timey like cast iron projector from it looks and oh. feels like it's from like yeah. the 30s. Um, yeah. And the bulb actually still works. It blows my mind. I'll occasionally just like plug it in to show it off once in a while and I'll let it go for a few seconds to see here like that. And um, but yeah, I, I just put it away because I'm, you know, I'm afraid it's going to blow or something like that. Um, it's pretty fascinating, but like a digital nice projector. I've always, like you said, flirted with the notion, but I I don't have the wall space. I feel like um, I just feel like I'm not going to get it right, almost. So mm-hmm. I don't. I opt out of it. Although I uh, would. Yeah, I'm reminded uh, horrifically of in my high school had a class called mass media, which is a pretty generic name, but I learned video editing and stuff there. They did morning announcements broadcast from the studio, right? And uh, they had, they had a green screen, uh, very expensive, real green screen in oh. the in the late '90s. And uh, one of the girls was fucking around and she uh, uh, did a cartwheel and scuffed the green screen <laughs> right away. <laughs> so it's like, what do you do? You paint that over? Is it going to be just the right shade of green? Do you... do you have to bring a piece of it to the hardware store for the guy I, to make I the think they might have used a piece of tape or something and they got by okay. But yeah, I, I, the thing that if, if I had a projector, I would think, oh my God, the, the, I'd be paranoid about the screen getting scratched. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, like you're saying, the not being exactly lined up and everything. Yeah, but, like, um, people say, like, oh, you can just hang up, like, a white sheet. I'm like, oh, now I have to get the sheet? <laughs> <laughs> no one right. said nothing about sheets. Oh, now the but, sheet's covered in cat hair. God damn it. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. Like, do I put thumbtacks? You know, do I screw it in? Yeah, uh, yeah. I never, when I, I worked at a few movie theaters, I always wanted to work in the projection booth. I never did, but. Right. 
In fact, I never took a film class in which I shot on actual film. But you did Thrasher, right? I'm sorry, what was that? The you, you took a film class in which you shot on film? Yes, yes, I did. Our professor uh, was the legendary Bear, who used to be a commercial director uh, from New York. Uh, and yeah, we we shot uh, we shot on film uh, in in using old black and white film stock. Uh, we yeah, developed awesome. it. We hand cut it, which is a wonderful experience. And yeah, then and then we we screened them. Uh, we we were sort cool. of showed every step of the process. We even had to load our own projector. And <laughs> so, oh, this is great. So. For my end of the year final, my project was I had made a a narrative music video about a superhero and a supervillain fighting uh, with some really fun practical special effects. I did a great nice. fake laser. But anyway, um, so I was the first to go and it didn't play properly. And then the bear realized, oh, oh shit, I forgot to tell you all one thing about loading an old Tommy projector. <laughs> And then he told us what that one thing is, and then, you know, my, the film played perfectly. It was just one of those things, like, I'm the very first film out, and all anyone sees are weird blurs on the screen mm -hmm. because of one tiny but indispensable technical detail that, yeah. that had slipped by. It was a great screening, though. We all had a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a... Uh... Sorry. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, the short film, the, the film, I mean, Thrasher and I met in a film class, and it was, or did we meet through Jason before that? Uh, no. no, I think we met in uh, we. I think we met in video in the video. Uh, yeah, film and, and, video and we class. just happened to know Jason from di for different reasons. Yeah. But because I think he was a few dorms down from. Yeah, anyhow, yeah. But we uh, so we shot on. I think it was digital. We had to rent out cameras from the lab. I think it was digital video or something, or it might have been. Yeah, that uh, had to have been digital. That had to have been digital video. Not very good quality, really. But I mean, that's what they had back then. But um, but my short film was. <laughs> I filmed it, this is like something out of Project Greenlight, but I mean, when you make a film, uh, even if it's a stupid student short film, <laughs> mistakes happen all the time, no matter how much you plan. You're constantly trying just to squeeze by and get your shots. <laughs> I said, it, it, I, I wrote kind of a Woody Allen-inspired romantic comedy, uh, like five-page script, and I said, I'm going to film it by this fountain, and it's a beautiful fountain. Well, of course, with the sound, all you could hear is the fountain. <laughs> the sound guy fucked up, right? Like he was the fountain. Even I think if he hadn't fucked up, it, it wouldn't have worked out. So yeah, I, going I, next I, to a fountain is always death. Yeah, <laughs> never film next to a fountain, kids. Yeah, but uh, but so we went and had to. Uh, and the teacher says, "Well, you could redub it in French or, or something. That could be funny." And I'm like, "Well, I uh, I don't know French. I know Spanish. So I redubbed the whole thing in Spanish and put subtitles on okay. and put uh, and." The reaction after I screened it to a whole class, which screening it to, to your peers is, is quite a stressful experience. Oh, I can only imagine. complete silence. <laughs> and then the teacher's like, mm, all right, uh, let's do the next one. Oh, no. So, so no laughs. No. Some people saying ew, because oh, I, I no. played one of the parts, and I was a pervy, uh, based in real life, I guess. I was a pervy guy trying to flirt with this girl. Uh, and at the end, she just leaves because the guy's a, a loser. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that was a friend, uh, our friend Adriana. Uh, yes. And I remember, I believe I've been that too uh, at some point. I think <laughs> but so. So something, so something I love about the, about those screenings is that is yeah I mean there are some times where there is a real bad reaction uh, from mm -hmm. uh, from the class, but so, something something that uh, at least at least something that helps me. 
I am so delighted seeing something I made on the screen that I completely tune <laughs> the class response out, at least while it's playing, of course. Yeah. So, like, even if there's stunned silence, I'm just, like, quietly clapping my hands with a giant grin. <laughs> I think we have time for one more story, because we did a vampire film together, right? You filmed uh, yes. it. I, I, I acted in it with, with, with Ho-Ho's, right? I, I had a scene with... Yeah, you. Yeah, it was called Pizza the Delivering, and it was about a vampire stalking a pizza delivery boy. And uh, Matt was in the post-credit sequence. Oh, I invented post-credit sequences, and no one can take that away from me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, with my excellent acting, I said, mm, "Well, I have some ho hos, chocolatey mm. deliciousness." <laughs> pizza the Delivering, I love it. Yeah, and then a hand reached out, grabbed you by the collar, and like yanked you. In. <laughs> I was, we I was, had such a hard time filming that scene. Something would always go wrong with the door, <laughs> or, or you would flub the line. Although I believe the line we, oh god, that was, so we had one line where it was perfect, except like you were talking with your mouth full, which was great, which I think we kept in the final edit. But then you start laughing around the ho ho. It's the take in the funniest way. Yeah, oh, I um. I'm also really bad on, on film acting, looking directly at the camera all the time. Oh, yeah. The, the, oh, God, yeah, the film the film you did, the comedy sketch with you and Jason about picking baby names, that was a recurring problem. I, I wish... around so many glances to the camera. I never saw that foot. I, I should put that stuff on YouTube. I think I have a VHS in my mom's basement. Um, <laughs> There's um, a friend of mine made like a horror short movie called uh, Cannibal Now about a kid who's addicted to eating he's just addicted to food and he's just like this big goofy oaf and he gets um he gets uh invited to like this house as he refers to them as they seem like really cool food dudes <laughs> and it turns out they're a pack of cannibals who lured this guy to eat him and i'm one of the guys that gets eaten and um there's a part where i had to have like part of like my brain exposed and this kid Jesse's just licking it. I'm just trying to sit there looking dead while he's licking it and being like, oh, I'm a cannibal now. Bye bye. And I'm trying really hard not to laugh. Um, I have to find that one of these days. Um, and and I'll have to show you guys because it's uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, when, when filming a, a bit, I insisted Will and Jason do sing their teen boat song, which is kind of a running <laughs> gag. We had there. There was an indie comic. I think it only had one or two issues with a fantastic premise called Teen Boat, where he was a high school student, but he could turn into a boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was by uh, Dave Roman and uh, John Patrick Green. It was something yeah. I picked up at the small press expo. That's awesome. And and so we were thinking, oh, that'd be a good TV show. And we came up with a theme song. As as we filmed it, we managed to break some camera equipment. But because well, we, oh, go on. Well, we didn't technically break it. it oh. Whoever had reset the tripod for the film and forgot to lock the camera down, so the camera <laughs> slowly slowed off the tripod. Like we caught it, the lens didn't break, but it slightly dented the lens casing. Uh, oh. No one ever caught it. I was not charged, and we're I all am. better for it. Yeah, we returned it. Uh, so <laughs> I think it's when also my car got robbed. But anyhow, anyhow, uh, yeah. So th those were stories somewhat relating to the state of movie theaters. Was the yeah. original intention. So. Yeah, hopefully, you know, movie theaters come back. Uh, it, I think it'll be in a different form one way or another, whether box office increases or not. I don't know whether it'll be 
like uh, you were saying, Thrasher, I like your idea of the indie theaters. Maybe they'll do better because people will see. I mean, because indie theaters, when digital projections came out to get any of the new movies, they had to get a digital projector. Mm. And like that was such a huge expense. Those things yeah. operate. Well, as long as we're already doing digital projection and some and a lot of theaters are already set up to like stream special event content live, what I would love to see happen, especially with the larger chains that are owned that are already owned by studios and production houses, why not just like once a week just have one screen showing a classic movie? Doesn't cost you anything to put that right. out there if you're just yeah. digitally streaming it. Like Even... like, oh hey, Aliens is playing down the street. I'm right. going to go there. I would be all over that. Um, there was a, or even like public domain stuff, even Night of the Living Dead. Hey, mm. why not? Right. I'd see that on the big screen. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, the, the look when we used to live, um, oh, in, the, in this part of Port, in this other part of Portland, in inner Southeast. Now we're in outer Southeast. Uh, there was a, a movie theater and they would always show one like you said one thing on the marquee it was an older movie and it'd be late at night and then later they turned it into a bigger thing that we would go with our friends and it would be a packed house most of the time a midnight movie and they'd have a collectible poster drawn by a local artist if you wanted to buy it Um, yeah and um they and and, and sort of a a dirty secret i learned which um, makes sense unfortunately is so they contact the studios right to get the pictures oh we're going to show uh flash dance we need to get the print yeah. Oh well, we we don't have that many prints, or or you're you're a, a two bit theater. We're not going to send you prints, but yeah. we'll send you a DVD. You can play. We'll send you a, a Blu-ray. You can play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what what bothered that didn't bother me as much, but I wish they would have. This if I did something similar, like a midnight screening thing. I don't think I have the clout to do that yet, but I'd love to do that someday. Um, I would specify if it was a film screening or not. Yeah, definitely. I I, I would not be film only. Right. I, or just um, let people know that it's a film screening versus a digital. This is or, a digital, yeah. Or projected DVD. But, yeah. I mean, but some theaters have done like knockoff things where they just stick their Ghostbusters DVD from home and then say like, oh, we're showing Ghostbusters on the big screen. Yeah, exactly. You can't right. legally, you can't do no, that. Yeah, I can't do that. And, uh, you know. That doesn't that stop good. some people. I mean, I, I worked at a movie theater themed bar where they showed uh, bootleg movies on a TV I think I can say this. I don't say the name of the, of the bar. Yeah. But they just showed like bootleg movies of stuff. Yeah. Was, was their gimmick. And they were called the, <laughs> they had a movie-themed name. That's awesome. Um, my, my brother used to work at a, a bar that, that did that. And he, like, the, the owners were just really into esoteric stuff and would play the most obscure, like, the mo- okay, what are normally the most obscure movies, but stuff we would instantly recognize. And, yeah. like, he's always got, my brother's always got stories of having to explain to drunks what El Topo and the Magic Mountain is. Yes. <laughs> wow. Because that just so happens to be going on at the store <laughs> or at the bar. El Topo. That was a that was a that was one of the like uh, recurring like having friends over and like a little that movie. You know, I was like, let's get let's get wasted and watch El Topo, man. That was a that was a big thing back in the day. Yeah, the first time I smoked marijuana, I also got drunk for one of my first times on the same session, and it was watching the, it was watch uh, yeah Hawaiian Punch and Vodka, right? And we were watching uh, <laughs> Animatrix, and that was like pretty perfect. Oh, wow. That's oh, like yeah. a perfect thing to watch while stoned or and or drunk. Yeah, it was um, 
people would always try to push uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall, and I'd always try to push against it. I'm like, that's such a downer movie. <laughs> I don't know why you'd ever want to watch that, like at like a party or something. No, you watch The Wall synced up to Wizard of Oz, which I I saw I, a been, special I've screening. It's yeah. so good. Oh, is it the Dark Side of the Moon? Oh, sorry, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moon. Yeah. which is infinitely cool. And um, I remember this. Maybe I told you guys this before. I'm not sure. But I remember I met this kid at a party, and he's like, oh, if you think that's cool, watch Fantasia to Smashing Pumpkin Siamese Dream. I'm like, okay, hey, if it worked for Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon. And then I realized Fantasia's all music-based movie. So it's already going to have rhythms and things. It's going to sync up to practically mm. anything, unless it's like, I don't know, like Brian Eno, even then. Um, so at first I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I thought about it for a second. I was like, that. This would work with anything. <laughs> you know, that, that's actually totally true. This was this is something that happened uh, to high school. Um, I had a friend who was really into Metallica, and Elmo's World was becoming a bigger thing on Sesame Street. And we took footage mm. from all the footage we could find from Elmo's World of Elmo playing a musical instrument, and we just strung it all together and got it to sync up to a Metallica song. <laughs> just they had they had the rhythm was just similar enough. That like the musical instrument playing the musical instrument motions usually lined up with either the lead or bass guitar or drums, and more than half the time the mouth movements synced up with the wow. lyrics. <laughs> Pretty fun. That's actually something we used to just kind of do. Like we just play. I have something playing on the stereo, and it's the TV on mute. Like you know, I remember like System of a Down with like a episode of Pokemon one time worked out really well. <laughs> I talked about this when we did the movie, but it's been like five years at least, so this is, there's been a moratorium. So Heavy Metal 2000, the DVD, one of the special features is you can watch the movie with an isolated music track. So okay. it's mm. all the dialogue and sound effects are gone. It's just the score and the uh, score and the music soundtrack. And the thing that's fascinating is there's a song from uh, by ICP in that movie called This Is Our World. <laughs> and... It syncs up so flawlessly, I feel like it must have been done intentionally as some sort of joke. But there's a scene where Julie and uh, St. Germain are walking through this alien marketplace. And the motions, the action syncs up to the music. And St. Germain's lip sync syncs up to the lyrics of the song. To the point where there's actually a line in the song that begins, And one more thing! And when it says, and one more thing, St. Germain raises his finger and wags it like he's trying to really emphasize the this point. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a coincidence. That's got to be, that's got to be uh, premeditated. That's got to be planned, yeah. Well, very good. Well, I think, yeah, this has been a good discussion of uh, movie theaters, allegedly, and home media, and, and uh, what, the, what the future might be for all that. Um, I, I think with the home media too, we'll see a lot more print on demand services. I think that's sort of the way to go where you don't have to yeah. commit to printing or even what, what arrow does is smart, but also irritating where you have a limited run. I think of like 3000 for each other title. Yeah, I used to have like a, it was a real thorn in my side, um, with twilight time. Cause that was kind of their shtick was that you can get this movie. We only have 3000 copies of it. That's and it. I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's kind of lame. Cause it should be for everyone. Um, and then I thought, I was like, maybe that's just like a number everyone does and they're just using it as a gimmick. You know what I mean? Because like, it's like, you know, 3,000, that might be a lot. I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't distribute DVDs or Blu-rays. Um, I mean, I, I can't I've, imagine. I've gotten some of my favorite DVDs through the Warner Archive. So that the, I, I, I hope, hope print yeah. on demand becomes a bigger thing. 
Yeah, Warner yeah, Archives. I, I actually just got a huge score. I have the Shaft uh, TV series from Warner Archives. Oh, nice. Excellent. With uh, Richard Roundtree one season. Um, That's awesome. Okay, cool. So for a sequel cast special, uh, this is Matt. This is Thrasher. This is Alex. Saying... Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some snacks. I do, do. Okay, I'll try to get this microphone fixed. I'm not sure why the volume got all low <laughs> this time. Uh, okay. You know, if you want a fun way to end that, you cut in the uh, Let's Go Out to the Lobby parody from Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie <laughs> film for theaters. What was that? <laughs> oh, it starts like a normal thing where like it's the old time of cartoons and i think it's like let's visit the concessions let's visit the concessions but then like they mutate into like hardcore 90s punk versions of the same cartoons <laughs> and they mm. sing this angry punk song about how you should leave your whining spawn at home and shut the fuck up during this movie and <laughs> don't throw popcorn every goddamn place and it's just it's great <laughs> that's awesome and every review i read said that was the funniest part of the movie <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with that, but I understand the sentiment. Yeah. I can't believe that got a theatrical release. I know, it was a small miracle. I'm so <laughs> glad I got to see it in theaters. Too